0: Hello and welcome to this podcast, Yes, I Have a Voice. My name is Ruth Lewis-Cost and I'm a caregiver, and I am blessed to be looking after my elderly parents. I started this podcast to remind ourselves that looking after those in need is a privilege. As unpaid caregivers, we need to have a voice. We need to be able to shout loud and be proud of our status and caregiving has no age. People of all ages are caregivers. This is my way of supporting you all emotionally and practically with tools from other caregivers on how to find the joy in your situation and make amazing memories. So let's dive into this week's episode. Welcome my podcast friends. Today we are joined by Linda Plant. Now Linda is a pioneer female business leader. She's an interviewer on a hugely successful TV program in the UK called The Apprentice. She's the lady who scrutinizes the candidate's business plans and I mean scrutinizes in addition to that and everything else that she's also doing, because she does several other things as well, she's also a caregiver to her mother who has dementia. So welcome, Linda, and let's start with the beginning of that caregiving journey.
1: I'm an only child. My dad died when he was 17. My mum remarried. Life became, life changed for us. I think it does for many families. You get to a stage where the mother becomes the daughter and the daughter becomes the mother. And I reached that stage a while ago, but my mother was in good health and my mother's a very feisty woman and thank God never had anything really wrong with her. She would look to me for guidance and advice and uh, she worked with me in the business and et cetera, et cetera. So that role reverse happened some time ago, although I was still able to share my issues with my mother not business issues but personal issues I still had my mum and my mum could recognize in my voice if there was something wrong she would know it what's wrong and I could tell her what's wrong and that's terrible when you when you see your mother disappear before your eyes and that's sort of what's happened to me.
0: Yes, uh, yes, I absolutely agree with you because obviously I'm experiencing that with my mother literally and it's a drip drip effect isn't it it's not like yeah. it suddenly
1: when was she diagnosed with dementia right so my mother was my mother's almost 95 and she was diagnosed with alzheimers uh, almost 3 years ago the specialist suspected that she'd had it a couple of years prior to that. But we just thought she was approaching 90. She was getting a bit forgetful. She's always been a bit repetitive. And she herself at 90 said to me, you know, Linda, I don't want to drive anymore. I don't think I should drive anymore. Um, So I didn't really have a lot of reasons to think that, that dementia or Alzheimer's had had become apparent. I just thought she's a bit forgetful. She's always been a bit repetitive. But then it really crept up quicker than I thought, because suddenly I can see mum's repeating herself all the time and she's becoming very anxious. And that's when I thought I need to find out really, is this old age or is this more? And the minute I took her into the specialist, um, and he asked her a few questions and like he would say to her, so Regina, when were you born? And immediately she would go 9th of December, 1926, without any hesitation. But if she'd say, what day is it? She'd go, uh, or what month is it? Uh, and I could see from that kind of questioning, you know, and then he said he'd give mum a scan the next day, but he said to me, your mum, I'm pretty sure your mum's got Alzheimer's. And um, that's a very sad day because, you know, you know, at that point, it's not going to stay the same. And that is the start of understanding you're going to lose your mum or your loved one in many ways.
0: Yeah. And and as I said, my experience is for both my parents. My dad is um, he'll be 93 next month and my mum's 90. And yeah, this has happened both together at the same time. And it's very interesting seeing the difference as well. My mother's decline is going very differently mm. to my father's. Actually, yeah, fascinating. Really? Way, but you know, it's 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 interesting. But what I'd like to know is, okay, so you found the diagnosis. What did you have to do? Presumably, you had to start having ways of helping her. You know, finding people to help her.
1: My mother in her late 80s, 85, 86, we decided that although she was fine, she shouldn't live on her own any longer. So I employed a companion to live with her, someone who could look after her, be her companion, although she really didn't need that much looking after at that point, she was bossing around the companion. But the role, uh, and I chose the companion carefully, but the role of the companion, the relationship was already set uh, for maybe four years when my mother was diagnosed. So the role of the companion became greater because obviously when we shared that mum's now got Alzheimer's, so we have to watch out for things. But, you know, my mother's not an Alzheimer's uh, patient that has regressed into herself or wandered off. So we had to deal with how my mother would progress accordingly. So initially it was just repeating herself, forgetting things and quite defiant because she had to start taking some medication. I'm not taking that. And, you know, uh, my mother, I've got a great, she tells me now, I've got an excellent memory, you know, so it was difficult, but you, I think, and as you pointed out, you've got a mum and dad who are both different. So we had to adapt accordingly. But the main thing I found, I I don't reason with my mother. I just cajole her. And as she's gone further down the stage, I, I never tell her, no, you can't or yo, don't you remember? Or you didn't. I diffuse it. So if she's on a track where she's unhappy because she's, in a care home now which she complains about I will say to her you know it's no good letting her go on and getting her anxious and so I go oh mum let me see your nails what a great color they are because still my mum's appearance is very very important to her her hair her nails those kind of things so I, I go down the things that I know will diffuse the anxiety she's yeah. on a good medication I think too. That's so actually what you were saying
0: about diffusing things is a very good point. And I have to be honest, I haven't been that great with that. I'm kind of still battling with the whole it's happened so fast for me. Yeah, since the beginning of this year, that I'm still kind of like learning all this. So in terms of what you were able to do with your mother, how did you still have fun and enjoyment with your mother?
1: When mum was living in Leeds, which is up until five months ago, I would go up to Leeds. So obviously the pandemic has been another issue, right? And in the very beginning of it, my mother kind of recognised, because my mother says to me, this is worse than in the war, because in the war I could go out dancing and meet GIs. So obviously all the social things mum went to, she went to the Jewish centre and different things, which we couldn't do those anymore. So that was quite difficult. So, the way all I could do, I'd go up to mum, I'd stay two or three days, and she loves films, Barbara Streisand, strictly. I'd record it. We'd watch things together. As we were allowed to go out in the, in, in the capsules that we're allowed to go out, oh, my mother loves people. My mother loves interaction. I would take her out to lunch. I know she loves that. She'd have a glass of wine. And if she could see people and talk to people, that is what she loves. Because my mother worked. As I think I told you, my mother worked for 52 years for the Jewish care home in Leeds. So she was always interacting. She was a fundraiser and she got her MB for that. I know what my mother likes and try and go into that. So go, my mother likes going out to lunch. And still now, I take her out the home and I take her out to lunch. It's limited because she's too long out the home and she's she gets anxious. But... She likes to go out, I buy her a little handbag or something. That's how I, I, I think you have to buy into, because I don't think the character changes, you see. So my mother's character is still quite the same, but I try to buy into. And the home where she's at now is really good. They have concerts. My mother loves music and my mother still dances. When they have a band come, my mother gets up Because my mother's more sprightly than most of the residents there. So she'll get up and have a dance. And I take albums, photograph albums of the years, and I show them to her. And I go, look, that was then. And she loves it. She doesn't remember everything, but we reminisce. And those are the things that are special to my mum. And that's what I buy into.
0: That's such a good idea. I mean, I love the idea
1: of the photographs, taking the box and and just... That's brilliant. I had uh, we had some big albums made, and and that's good. And my mother never remembers. So if I take the if I take the album yesterday and take it again today, she thinks it's a whole new album. (laughs) (laughs) So what tips can you give other people as to how they can
0: deal with with this? I mean, obviously, as we both established, when they give it the umbrella name of Alzheimer's, it can be so many different paths and so many. Reactions. I mean, my bu- mother has basically just taken to her bed, and that's it. Um, right, I find difficult because rather like your mother, she was a people person. She loved parties. She always loved having something to look forward to, and she loved going out, meeting people, going out for lunch, and 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 also, you know, is there
1: nothing? And- is there anything you can do to cajole her? Not say, you know, get up and come. Is there anything because? Obviously, when you find out that your loved one has dementia, it's very challenging and it is a challenge that goes on. It's challenging for me. It's challenging for me mentally as well, because I come out of the home sometimes and I cry my eyes out. But um, so this is a challenge, but this is not something this is something you have to face. You have to face this challenge. And initially it can be very shocking, but. It's something that we have to face. And like I would say to you, it, maybe for you it's worse than me because your mum sounds like she was a vibrant woman who has now just taken to withdrawing. Yes. Um, my mother never did that. And my mother still recognises me. Does your mother recognise you? Yes, yeah, she does. Yeah. My mother recognises. So it's a challenge. And I would say try to go with it. And try to, don't reason, don't try to force, just try to slowly cajole and find if there's a trigger spot, something that might trigger, you know, for someone like your mother who's retreated to her bed, maybe there's something you can do that will trigger her in a soft way to get her out. And I have my mother under a dementia A geriatric psychiatrist who specializes in Alzheimer's Uh, and she's brilliant and my mother is on a pill which she says is very good so obviously that pill is just to try to hold them as long as possible without it advances and when you hear that your loved one has got Alzheimer's or dementia and you know that the road is only going to be you know a slippery slope and it's an uphill battle and it's not going to get better you have to try to face the challenges and do the best you can for as long as you can putting my mother in a home was the worst thing for me I ever thought I would face in my life I never ever thought I would put my mum in a care home because I always thought I would have my mum with me, but before she went to the home, she came to stay with me. And I have help here and we brought the care. But I realized my mother needed a team of professional people around her. And we couldn't, doesn't matter how much money we couldn't give her what she really needed. So
0: yeah, I agree. And and I think also one thing I have learnt is. We cannot control other people and what other people do and how other people react. And I know for quite a long time, I was trying to control the situation. So I was trying to control how my mother reacted. And I couldn't understand why she was reacting in such a different way to how she'd been, why she'd taken hmm. bed when she was, you know, she knew full well that the, what she enjoyed was out there, not. Yeah. Right. Yeah yeah um, and i've ta- i've just you know heard so many people say to me members of the family as well as you know professionals she has alzheimers and you mustn't forget that and that is very likely to be
1: driving that sort of well i'm know. sure it is and it's and it has so many forms it takes on so many forms of how it affects the people so it's affected your mother quite differently to the way it's affected my mother. I mean, my mother's personality and my mother's feistiness is still, it's still there, you know. But obviously my mother doesn't remember five minutes after she's done anything. She just doesn't. And she's very anxious, you know. If I take her in the car out for lunch, just into San how far is it? How far is it? When will we be there? How far is it? How will we get back? Those kind of tremendous anxieties. So it's difficult because it is not there is not a set pattern for Alzheimer's there just isn't or for dementia I think that's the hardest
0: thing for us Mm. as primary caregivers yeah we're learning as we go we're not experts and as you say every case is individual so it's not like oh well this is the pattern this is what you have to do no ABC so as caregivers it can it's so so challenging However, we also, I mean, along with all the emotions that go with it, and obviously that hits us all, I feel the best way to look at it is to see what we can learn about ourselves and our reactions and and improve that all the time.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Improve ourselves in how we, you know, react with our parents. That's very, very important. And and it, it changes as... You know, I don't know. Your mum may maybe one day she'll come out of the bed. I don't know. But you have to buy into it. Yeah, that's what you have to do, as you said. Right? There's no set standard. There's no rule. Tick, tick, tick. It's not. It's an it's a moving feast, and you don't know how it's going to be. And you've got to be flexible with that. And um, look, it's very challenging for us. More maybe more for us than for them, because they don't really know. That, you know, my mother doesn't know she's slipping away from me. But thank God she sees me and she loves me and she hugs me and she knows me. She, my grand, my my son, I've got my son who lives in London. He goes every week. She doesn't know him. But when she gets when he gets there, he goes, it's Jack, your grandson. Oh, yes. Come on, let me give you a hug. But I know she doesn't know him. But me, she knows. Me, she knows. And even, you know what really surprised me? I'm divorced. And I went to see her on Saturday and she's, you know, she says, Linda, have you met a nice gentleman? Like, I'll be blue. And I'm thinking she actually knows. She's actually something is, there's elements of memory still there. And then she said to me, what you really need is to go out with me because I can get men. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So she hasn't lost her sense of humour, which no. is amazing. No, she hasn't. And uh, she's really been through the mill, because although, thank God, she's been physically well most of her life, she had a case of sepsis last year, had to go in the hospital completely on her own because it was COVID, was very, very ill with the sepsis. Um, but uh, I, I, she was in hospital for three weeks. And as she was getting better, I, I, I phoned the ward one day and she answered the phone. <laughs> I said, what are you doing? Answering that, but my mother's that type of a character. I'm now seeing a, a more rapid decline in her. Even now, you know, I'm seeing a more rapid decline. But she's ninety, going to be ninety-five. Yeah, which is a what can you say?
0: It's a good age, and and, and I think because people are living so much longer, obviously there are more cases of Alzheimer's or or dementia. Yeah, in the elderly, because it just seems to go along with
1: with being um, and. It's true, and thank God my mother got it. was diagnosed in her nineties. I mean, there are people diagnosed in their, you know, the fifties or sixties, but it's still, you know, I always say people say, "Oh, it's a good age," but when you lose a parent, or you don't really think about that, do you? You don't really think. I mean, it's true, but when you lose them in whatever form, you don't think, "Oh, well, it's a good age, so it's been okay," because that loss still
0: pains you. Absolutely. And, and especially as nowadays, you know, we know people can live to their hundreds and yeah. <clears throat> people can live to until they're hundred and then they do and they're relatively healthy. They can have quality. People can outbuild and have quality. Exactly. Exactly. So you know, whether they're in their nineties, whether they're a hundred, whether they're, you know, in their forties, the pain is still the same.
1: Yeah, it is. And it's if you're faced with it, if you find out your loved one has got Alzheimer's or whatever form of dementia it's the start of a challenge Mm, absolutely so in terms of you know you said
0: a bit earlier that you still take your mother out and you go for lunch and and she has her nails done and hair done and all this kind of thing do you find at least that you you are going to have good memories of her even now
1: yeah
0: yeah You, you know yes
1: yeah so my mother in the home where mum is there's a hairdresser and a manicurist so mum has to have her hair and nails done that's very very important to her and mum's going to be 95 in December and I'm making her a little party in my house and I'm having all the family and some friends now mum won't remember that party I know that she'll love it on the she'll love it on the day and she'll talk to people but I'm going to have a video but I'll remember it and I'll have the memories. And I think that's quite important to try to make the memories, you know, that you can still have. So thank God mum's still able to, the The, the, the manager at home is going to bring her. Mum's still able to interact with people and chat to people and she's still able to do that. So making memories is very important in whatever way you make them. I have photographs when I go to the home. I have photographs with my mum. Just trying constantly to make the memories. Um, And I know, so I know she won't remember anything about the party I'm making her, but I will. And that's the kind of thing I try to do. I think that's lovely. And also, I think even if she might
0: not remember it, just the stimulation of it has got to have some impact on her brain.
1: Well, yes. Well, at the at the time, she will love it. And I've got a singer and he's going to sing Frank Sinatra songs because if we take mum out to lunch, I used to do it with my son, we put Frank Sinatra on in the car. She remembers all the words for the songs, you know. <laughs> she can't remember what she's done five minutes ago. But I think that's quite a generalisation with dementia and Alzheimer's. They remember way back, but they can't remember, you know. So I try to buy into what mum likes. Mum likes music and Mum likes to be told your hair's lovely, you know, Regina. The corner, your hair's lovely. Yes, look at my nails; those are things that I just do that and make memories. Make memories for you. It's you see, your your is di- different to mine because yes. it's hard. You, it's very difficult. Your mother's retreated. Seems like yes, she that, has absolutely. Yeah, she's, I, when I asked why does she like sort of being in bed, she said, well, you know, I'm contented because I feel safe. Um, so so you know, to take her out of that safe environment might cause a tremendous anxiety. Yes. So you might just have to sit on the bed with her and watch her favourite programmes and take that as what is the now the normal for you.
0: Yes, and uh, and that's kind of what I do. And, and, and um, I'm actually going to, next time I go, I'm going to take in a colouring book because I yeah. asked her yesterday whether, you know, she might like to do that. And she said, oh, yes, it might not be true when I get there next time. But that's the sort of thing I'm going to try. It's yeah. all about constantly finding something. So, yeah,
1: exactly. My mother loves Barbara Streisand, Funny Girl and Funny Lady. We were, I mean, I, when I would go to Leeds and the Christmas edition of Come Dancing, I, would, I, I, I know every line, I know every word but we'd watch it and then we'd watch it again. But she loved it and then we'd have tea and biscuits and then that's what she loved. So just, you know, just buy into what they love. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Linda, thank you so much for your time. Oh, it's been a pleasure. And anything I can do, you know I'm devoted to this because I'm right in the middle of it as you are now. So it's great talking to you. And feel free to contact me for any help or anything I might be able to offer to help people. I'm really happy to talk about it and my experience and help anyone.
0: Thank you for listening. And don't forget, if you like this episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star review. It really helps.
1: See you next time.